We've come with our struggles. We've come with our hurts. Father, we've come with our failures. We come with our dreams, with our hopes and with our desires. Father God, this morning, I just pray that you would pour yourself out among on your people. People that are hurting. People that want more of you in their life. People that are searching. Waiting for you to do something amazing for them. We pour out your peace that transcends all understanding. Your life and your love as only you can and as only you do. Will you love on us and care for us? Whisper into our ears words that we need to hear. Put your love deep, deep down into our hearts where this world, this evil world, cannot steal it from us. Father God, will you give us hope to take that next step in you? To search you out. When we think, God, where are you? Where have I missed something? You show us that you're there each and every day in each and every situation in our families in our work situations in our schools Father God I speak Jesus into our situations situations that we think we have control over Father, it's only you. It's only you in our lives. That can control those situations that we think we have control over. This morning, I pray that your people would lean even more on you. Your word declares that you are a strong tower that we can run into and find safety. You give us wisdom to do that. So many times, Father, we want to figure things out on our own. Instead of getting you involved, verse that says that the, there are many plans of man but only the plans of God are sure Father before we take another step I pray that we would ask you for what direction we should go for just the right timing, 
just the right situation. We would wholeheartedly lean on your wisdom to do the things that you've put deep, deep down into our hearts. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. As you can see, I'm still struggling a little bit with this head cold that uh, I brought back from on vacation. We're going to start our second part of Faith for Your Journey. You know, last week we talked a little bit about that faith can only come through God. We only establish the faith that we have in and through Him. That it only happens by spending time in His Word and in His presence. Nowhere else. I mean, we spend a lot of time doing other things. That newest Netflix series. That newest book that's come out. We spend so many hours of our lives in the opposite direction of spending time with God. We talked about that faith established itself through love. That though you have faith that can move mountains without love, it's really nothing in our lives. And we talked about that that faith pleases God. In fact, it's the only way to please Him. You can do all of the things that you think He wants you to do. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we try to do a lot of things to please God, amen? We try to do a lot of great things. And they're good things, don't get me wrong. But it's only faith that pleases Him. So I want to spend time and I want to talk about the faith journey of Abraham. I I asked you last week if you'd spend some time reading through Hebrews chapter 11. And there's many, many great heroes of faith that are mentioned in Hebrews. But I wanted to look at the the life of Abraham this morning. Spend just a little bit of time. Abraham is, he's in 15 chapters of the Old Testament, so he's obviously important. He's mentioned 22 to 25, 30 times in the New Testament. He is called the the father of our faith. And if you grew up in church, we've all sang the song about Father Abraham, right? But we're going to look at his life and some of the things that, that he had to go through in his journey of faith. You see, we're all headed in a certain direction, but as I said last week, I want you to read that chapter and and do some studying on the different people that you see within Hebrews chapter 11, because their life may be a little different than yours, but they're all dealing with different situations where they had to believe God. And we're all going through different things in our life, right? I mean, I may be going through something in my life that you may go through years from now. Or maybe you've gone through something that someone's going to go through or has already gone through. So we're all, as I said last week, um, when we are on our vacation, we're all headed the same way, yet just at different speeds and at different times of our lives. Some of us have already raised our children. Some people have already have grandchildren. Amen. That's why we keep our children is so we can have grandchildren. Um, Some of us are 
planning to get married. Some, some people are like, nope, I, that's just not my cup of tea. We're all in different situations in our lives. And yet we're all moving the same direction in Christ. Amen? So I want to look at, uh, I want to look at Abraham this morning. The journey of faith that Abraham had to have. He had quite a life. Quite an amazing life. Of course, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Now, I don't know about you guys on vacation, but my wife is a planner. I'm less of a planner, but I do like to plan some things. I mean, when we left on vacation, we kind of knew where we were going to eat lunch, and I'm like, okay, well, we can go about this many miles in the car, so, so we're going to get gas about in this town, you know, give or take, you know. I, I, I like to know where I'm going to spend the night, so, you know, we had a hotel picked out uh, for our trip, those kind of things, and so yeah, I like to plan. Any planners? I mean, there are some people that will not leave the house unless they got a plan right? Uh, well, here's Abraham. He's asked to, to go to a place that not knowing where he was going. Do you feel like that sometimes in your faith walk? God, I know you're leading me somewhere. <laughs> could, you, could you give me a signpost? Could you point me in a direction? I just seem to be wandering. And that's okay. It's okay to wander. Because I think it takes a lot of faith to do that. I think really you, you have more faith in, in someone who knows exactly where they're going at every moment of their, their faith walk. Because it, it, takes, it takes something special to, to listen for what God is saying. And then move as opposed to, hey, I'll move and I'll let God figure it out later, amen. So, that, so it says that <clears throat> he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He was looking forward to something bigger than what he was going to see on earth. He was looking forward to a promise that was bigger than anything he could accomplish here on earth. It says that he lived as in a foreign land. You know, you are in a foreign land. You may have been born in the United States, lived here your whole life, whatever. This is a foreign land for us as believers. The Bible says that we are sojourners. That is a weird word. You don't use that word very often in your conversations, in your texting, right? It's a, it means that we're, we're passing through this land. This is not our final destination, amen? And that's the way he lived his life. Abraham, he moved from land to land, looking for a new city whose designer and builder was God himself. You see, Abraham lived in Ur of the Chaldees. It was a land that was filled with idol worship. It actually had a, a temple to, the, to a shrine. It, 
of Akadin, it was the moon god called Sin. Wow, imagine that. And I really believe that God had to move him out of that country, away from some of his friends and family, from his normal day in and day out things, so that he could speak to him directly. And you know, unless he moved out of that, he would have never received the promise that God had for him. He could have stayed there. He said, no, I really like this land. I, I'm, I'm familiar with it. I've grown up here. My relatives are here. I know what goes on the days in and the day out. But God wanted him to move. Why? So that he could hear God. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Where does God want you to move to? Now, I'm not talking about selling your house and moving. Where does God want you to move in here so that he can speak to you? Are you wrapped up in, in life to where you, you just can't hear God and he needs to, to move you someplace where you can hear him? I want you to ponder that. Why don't you think about that? Here's what I wrote down. Does your routine need changed so you can hear or be blessed by God? Or do you need to start a routine? You know, for the last couple years, Pastor Derek has talked a lot about finding your 15. 15 minutes of prayer, 15 minutes of, of reading, 15 minutes of worshiping. And when he first said that, I'm like, 15 minutes? Really? You can't find 15 minutes? And then life happens. Right? Life happens. So find your time with God. Start that faith routine every morning. Start it finding your 15. And then ratchet up a little bit. Find your 20. Find your 30. Uh, this is what I guarantee you. Once you find that time, that initial time, you'll want more. And I believe that there'll come a time where no matter how much time you give, it won't be enough. Amen. Find your time. So I've got a short sermon this morning. We're not going to spend a lot of time here this morning, but, but I want it to be focused on your faith journey. No different than Abraham had a faith journey or any of those Heroes of the faith that are in Hebrews chapter 11. So the first thing is, have faith. Don't stop short. When God calls you to do something, whatever that is, don't stop short. I've been around this long enough that I see people that, that start 
And then you're like, where did they go? What happened to them? Oh, they found something more important to do. More important than doing what God's called them to do with their life? Here's what it says in Genesis chapter 12. Now the Lord said to Abram, God had not changed his name yet, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Wow. You want to talk about a promise. That is amazing. All the families of the earth would be blessed. But you know what he had to do? He had to go. He had to go to a place that he had no idea where it was. He had to travel. It was going to be hot. It was going to be sandy. It was not going to be fun. You see, it was a spiritual and it was a physical journey for Abraham. But in order for him to be blessed, he had to take the journey, his faith journey. No no different than the only way for you to be blessed is for you to take your faith journey. And not to stop short of what God's called you to do. Here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run? But one receives the prize. Notice that it doesn't say that there's no participation trophies. Run in such a way, I I don't know who started participation trophies. Man, if I was a kid... They would give me a participation trophy for second place. That thing would not have made it home, I just want to say. My dad would have thrown that out the window at about 80 miles an hour on the way home. Second place does not get a trophy, my friend. It says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. You want the prize? Run in a way that you may obtain it. And the only way to do that is not stop short. Uh, I'm slightly addicted to these reels that are on Instagram. This runner, man, she's, she's blasting people. I mean, she's so far out ahead of them. I mean, there's no way that she can't win, except she slows down because she's so far out ahead. She figures, this race is easy. And guess what? Somebody that ran the race to win caught her. Have you guys seen that? That's an amazing, amazing reel. I mean, she's so far out ahead. There's no way that anyone could catch her, or so she saw it. Because that runner that came up behind her and caught her didn't believe in second place either. She ran the race to win. It says, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. Kelly and I were going through, do you mind if I tie my shoe real quick? It's bugging the heck out of me. Kelly and I went through and we were kind of cleaning up our basement. We've got a spare room. Anybody moved into a new place and you've still got boxes there? I mean, we lived in the same house for 16 years. We had boxes we hadn't even opened yet. So we moved into this new house. We decided to downsize. And I went and got some plastic tubs and I started kind of compiling things. And I found 
all these trophies that I had won as a kid playing sports. And some of them are broken, and the name tags have all dried off, and they've fallen off. And I mean, some, I mean, you know, I let, I, my brothers played with them and broke them and all that stuff. And I'm putting them away. Now, I'm not throwing them away yet. I'm not that age yet to where I'm going to start throwing them away. But as I was reading this, I'm like, they did it for a perishable crown. You know how hard I worked to win that little fake trophy with the little guy holding the bat that's now broke? It's not even there anymore. If you know what I'm talking about, say amen. Right? I mean, I worked so, so many hours of practice day in and day out, playing catch in the backyard. We, to help my brothers hit better, I took a pole, you know, like you put a ball on it and you hit it around. It's called tetherball. Tetherball. I actually drilled a hole in a baseball and tied it up so we could hit and practice. And we did so many things to win a perishable crown. No one's going to care. When I pass away, my kids are not going to keep any of those things. They're going to pitch them, and they should. But we run, it says, for an imperishable crown. A crown that won't break, won't get old, won't end up in a box, won't get thrown away when you leave this earth. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown. And we have our sports people, right? I watched a little, I'm, a, I'm more of a college football guy, so I watched a little, tried to watch a little college football yesterday. Man, they work so hard. Those kids pour everything they've got. They, they work so hard. They're lifting weights. They're running. They practice their plays. They do all that stuff to win. A perishable crown. How much harder should we race for an imperishable crown? A crown that will never grow old. It'll never rust, never be lost. You see, the faith journey of Abraham was to undertake. It wasn't just spiritual. I mean, we, we take spiritual journeys. Man, that physical journey, sometimes it's tough. You see, his journey consisted of choices, both right and wrong, good and bad. A time of learning to walk in faith and to trust God. See, when I asked you to read through Hebrews chapter 11, I said, you know, their, their journey is a little, is different than ours, and yet it's not. Because our journey involves trusting God in every situation. It was a journey to a land that was unknown and unseen by Abraham. It's a place he had never traveled before. I urge you, don't stop as you're traveling to a land that's unknown to you. That's where the blessing lies. The blessing lies in a place that you've never been to. It lies in a place that you're headed to. Don't stop short. You see, it was a spiritual journey because you had to learn to trust God, walk in faith, show obedience even when it didn't make sense. You had to leave the country that he knew. 
the situations that he knew, the people that he knew. He'd leave behind all his old, oldest old ties, his country. In fact, all he took was his wife, his nephew Lot, if you know the story, and a few servants and his flocks. You see, you have to remember that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. He couldn't see where he was going, and yet he knew, I've got to get there. Now, Abraham was not perfect in his journey, but he did his best to obey, no different than we do each and every day in our faith journey. In fact, you know, he had his wife tell a lie for him twice. You know what I'm talking about? Hey, when we get to Egypt, you just tell them, because you're really good looking. Tell them that you're my sister. That way they won't kill me to get you. Just tell them that you're my sister. We did that twice. Must have worked the first time. Did it twice. And he may be the father Abraham, but remember that it's Jesus that is the author and finisher of our faith. He authored it before the beginning of time and he finished it with his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So as much as we look at Abraham's life and we can take things from it, remember, he's not perfect. And neither are we, amen? See, this journey of learning to trust God and believe in the promise of God, even when things looked dire to him. They didn't make sense. God, why am I going to a place that I've never been before. It may be hard. Your faith journey will be hard. There will be so many opportunities to stop and to quit. But Abraham needed to learn God was with him every step of the way. Do you know God is with you every step of the way? Even when you don't feel it. Even when you're like, God, I just don't, I don't feel you today. Where are you? He is right there. Can you imagine being asked to leave everything you know behind? To start out on a long journey? To a place where you've never been before? To believe a promise that sounds too good to be true and at times even impossible? So I want to ask, how is your faith journey going today? How are you moving along through your faith journey that God's called you to? And, and all of our faith journeys are different. We're all headed to the same place, yet they're going to look different as we move through them. And that's okay. Amen? So I ask, where are you now? Are you still in Ur? Or on your way to Canaan? Did you start and stop? Start again, stop again, start again, stop again? Don't stop. Don't stop on your journey. Have you heard that call for yourself? A call that no one can take away from you. A call to leave, alone, leave behind the past and just trust Christ on your journey. To step out in faith and continue life's journey of trusting God. You know the first step is the hardest? There's like an old proverb, a trip of a thousand miles takes one, the first step. 
know there's probably nothing more truer than that. Just takes that first step in your journey to leave the past behind, to continue your life, the journey to that promised land and the promises that God has. You know, God has spoken so many things to me, to my wife, to my kids, to you, but you can't get it if you stop. You can't get it if you stop on the journey. And I believe that God gives every person ample time and reminders to obey his call. But sadly, not everyone says yes. Not everyone will finish the race. That's why Paul says, I finished the race. He was proud of himself, and that's okay. Because he had seen so many people over the years who had not finished the rest. You know, Abraham could have stopped short of the destination, the blessings. Don't stop short of your calling, your blessing, and your destiny. Here's a quote that I saw. My life is my journey with God. It may be hard sometimes, but I am assured it would be well worth it. Your journey may be tough. It may be hard. God may call you to do things that just seem impossible. But without finishing your race, you can't receive the blessing. Amen? The second point is, have faith that God can and God will. In your journey, you're going to have opportunities to stop. Opportunities to quit. Believe that that God can and that he will. That the promises that he's promised you will come to pass. Here's what Hebrews chapter 11 says. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. We're going to look at that here in a moment. Many are the plans. Here's what Proverbs says. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Anybody had any great plans? Man, I just want to tell you, in my lifetime, I have had some great plans. Just ask me. They were amazing. And yet, in the long run, they were not all that good. Why? Because it's only the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So many times, instead of saying, okay, God, give me your plan. I want to move forward at the speed of you. Whatever you tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. We don't do that. What we do is, hey, God, I've got this great plan. Will you bless it? I've worked everything out. I've done all the math. I've got all the numbers down. Okay, God, go ahead and bless it now. Instead of allowing his plans to move us. You see, your faith journey will include joy and pain, ups and downs, hopes and disappointments, questions and answers, faith and fear, 
wins and losses, doubts and faith, wondering and wandering, promises fulfilled and promises yet to be fulfilled. There's also going to be some unexpected situations that come up in your journey. I mean, Abraham was 75 when he received the the promise. And yet, does anyone know how old he was when Isaac was born? 100. That's 25 years. That's a long time to wait for a promise. A long time. In fact, do you know when he passed away, he had Ishmael, who was born to his wife's handmaiden. He had Isaac. And he had one grandson, Jacob. Now, I don't know about you, but if God says you're going to be, your children are going to be like the sands of the sea, and when I pass away, I've only got three, I'm thinking, why did I miss it? Anybody ever said that to God? God, I know you said this. I know you told me this. I've been trying to work this out. But the math isn't working, God. Where did I miss it? Maybe it's just me. But I've had to take some steps back in my life and say, where did I miss what you were telling me to do? Amen? I mean, imagine you you get a promise and you've got three descendants. That's faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Even when you don't see the fulfillment of a promise from God, that doesn't mean God isn't still working it out in your life. See, because our timing is so much different than His timing. Here's the last one God keeps His promises. They may not be exactly when you think they should be in the exact timing that you should be. Now, Pastor Marty, uh, younger, used to always say, God's never early and he's never late, but he sure does miss a lot of excellent opportunities. Amen? Never early, never late. His timing is not our timing. And yet, I sure wish his timing was my timing. Amen? And yet, he keeps his promises. Here's what Genesis chapter 12, verse 6 starts with. Abraham passed through the land to a place at Shechem, to the oak of Morah. At that time, the Canaanites were in the land. Then the Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. So he built there an altar to the Lord who had appeared to him. From there he moved to the hill country on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abraham journeyed on, still moving toward Negeb. Now there was a famine in the land. So Abraham went down to Egypt to sojourn there. For the famine was severe in the land. 
How would you like to hear God start moving to where you're pretty sure God told you to go? And when you get there, there's a famine. Anybody been there? I think I've been there. I know that I know that I know that God told me to do something. And when I got there, there was a famine. There was a famine. So you have a decision to make. Did I hear God? Or did I just eat too much pizza that night? You might laugh, but that's what I've asked myself. God, did I miss something? Was I not tuned in? Was I not hearing exactly what you said? Maybe you meant this, because I can figure this out in my mind. Keep that verse up for a minute. You see, God reaffirmed his promise to Abraham that his descendants would possess the land. Still, Abraham, at that point, had no children. He had just moved through a famine partway through his journey. I mean, have you received a promise from God and it seems like there's constant famine? Hang in there. Hang in there. Why? Because God keeps his promises. Your faith journey is a journey through times of refreshing and drought. You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. It's called life. Remember, the enemy is seeking whom he may devour. The enemy wants to delay your journey, negatively affect your journey, detour your journey, get you to stop your journey. The enemy is out there to kill, steal, and destroy the things that God has spoken to you. So it's at this point that Abraham decides to build an altar. Abraham decided to acknowledge God who appeared to him. He decides to acknowledge God is the first step in deciding to believe God's promises. We can say, okay, God, you told me, I heard it. I'm going to spend some time right here and I'm going I'm to worship you. Spend some time in your presence. You see, this would soon lead to Abraham being blessed and growing in faith in obedience, and his final victory. You see, Abraham built a couple altars. He built one in Canaan. And he appeared, he acknowledged God. Okay, God, I heard your voice. I'm going to move. But with the second altar that he built between Bethel and Ai, he calls on the name of the Lord. He spends time in his presence. It appears that Abraham is taking a step of faith in his physical and spiritual journey. He wanted to spend time acknowledging, okay, God, I heard you the second time. I know this is the direction. I'm going to give you everything I got. It's here that he calls in the name of the Lord, that he worships the Lord. He begins to realize that God is the God of all creation. 
that he really did hear his voice. And he's going to linger there for a while. Here's what one writer wrote. The word Bethel means house of God, of course. And the word Ai, a heap of ruin. Let me suggest that we often find ourselves somewhere between the house of God and a heap of ruin almost every day. Between the house of God and a heap of ruins. Between obeying God and following our own selfish desires. I thought that was interesting. I know in my own walk, I always find myself teetering between these two positions, and maybe you do as well. All right, you can put up that second verse. Second Corinthians first, chapter 1, verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken to us by us, excuse me, to the glory of God. Can you relate? Ever said, God, where are your promises? Why am I in this famine, this diet, dry and dusty land you promised? You promised, God. You promised, fill in the blank. You promised this, fill in the blank. I just want to tell you, he always fulfills his promises. You see, for the Christian, our faith journey is a physical and a spiritual pilgrimage between the old way of life and our future life being with Christ. I want to remind all of us that we're all on this walk of faith together. This life is a life of a journey. It's going to have its ups and it's going to have its downs. It's going to have its highs and it's going to have its lows. And that's okay. We have to continue to trust God in those situations. But don't settle down in this place. Why? Because we're sojourners. This is not our final home. We're just on a journey through a dry and dusty land. Notice that in those verses that I read, that Abraham pitches the tent for himself and then builds a permanent altar to call on the name of the Lord. The only permanent fixture Abraham leaves behind once he's entered the Canaan lands are the altars that he's built. Never built himself a permanent home. But he did set up permanent places of worship. You see, Abraham needed to learn that he could rely on God that keeps his promises even in seemingly impossible and messy circumstances. Anybody ever been in, a, in some of those? Amen. So I say this, hold on to the promises that God has given you. Have faith and don't stop short. Believe that God can and that he will. And always hold on to his promises because he always keeps his promises. They just may not be in the timing that you would desire. In just the right moment that you desire. But God always keeps his promises. Here's how we're to live our life each and every day. I found this quote by C.S. Lewis. 
Relying on God has to start all over every day. As if nothing has yet been done. Every day, His mercies are brand new. Every day. Every day, His mercies are brand new. Why don't you come up, Darcy? Why don't we stand? Every day, His mercies are new. You know why? Because every day, we need new mercies to make it through our faith journey. Wherever you're at on your faith journey, you need something new from God every morning. Because that day is going to be different than the day before. See, what, what, what we tend to do is we go, well, yesterday XYZ happened, so I'm sure it's going to happen that way today. And then it doesn't happen, and we get frustrated. Well, God, what's going on here? Welcome to your next step of faith, amen. And then the next day, and then the next day, we've got to rely on him with everything that we've got each and every day. Because each and every day is a brand new day in our faith journey. A brand new day that's going to look different than yesterday. That'll look different than the next day. So thank God his mercies are new every morning. Amen. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, this morning, as we continue on our faith journey, thank you that you're holding us. Thank you that you're molding us into who you want us to be. That you're trying to steer us. Let us have ears to hear as you lead us and you guide us through whatever we're going through today. Through the best days and through the worst days, your promises are still yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Give us the faith that we need, the mercy that we need each and every day as we step closer on our journey to the promises that you have proclaimed over our lives over our businesses, over our families, over our friends. Give us wisdom to continue to move forward and not to stop short of the high calling of Christ Jesus that you have put deep, deep down in our hearts. Give us the faith to take that next step in you. And when we end up in a place that seems to be filled with famine, give us the faith to take that next step. Because that next step, Father God, may be a step into a land of plenty. As your children, Father, give us ears to hear what you're saying to us each and every day. Speak your love and your compassion, your caring into our lives because we need more of you 
each and every day, Father. Father God, I speak a blessing over those that are here today and those that are away. Will you watch over them and keep them safe? Will you protect them, care for them, love on them, and direct them? Bless us as we continue to take those steps towards you. In Jesus' precious name, and everyone said, amen. Have a great, great rest of your weekend, and have a blessed week.